to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Here come the Astros, burning with desire. Here come the Astros, breathing orange fire. Thanks for listening to the best Houston sports podcast. And this one, the temps cooled off, but the Astros bats heated up in the World Series. They win game two and break their five game home losing streak in the World Series. Before we fire this one up, though, a reminder that we're brought to you by BetUS.com, America's favorite sports book. Not only is BetUS the place to bet on all your favorite sports, but later I'll give you an exclusive discount for BetUS.com where you can do live betting, go to their online casino, or bet on any sport. Before we get there, let me bring in my co-host and regular sidekick, a fellow H-Town sports junkie and veteran journalist, Stephen Kerr. And Stephen, can we start calling Jose Urquidy Mr. Late October? Yeah, we can. And, and we can also open the roof. Da, 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 da. <laughs> open the roof. Come on, sing it with me, Robert. Yeah, let's do both. What is that song? <laughs> what are you singing? I don't even know. Oh, it's you know, it's a song that came out before you were born called Up on the Roof. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, by the Drifters. Yeah. And most people would not remember it, but I'm old, so you know, I've got a good excuse. Yeah, I, I'm familiar with Up on the Roof, but I you changed the <laughs> lyrics on me a little bit. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> the Astros won their seventh game by five or more runs this postseason. That ties the 2007 Red Sox for the most wins by five or more runs in a single postseason. I mean, this is uh, really a historically great offense we knew, but, you know, they're starting to show it and flex their muscles in, in, in the postseason, and you just hope they can get it rolling like they did again in, in the Red Sox series where you just keep this thing going, keep the trains on the track uh, as they would do at Minute Maid Park. Yeah, they certainly needed to show up tonight, Robert, and they did. And, uh, of course, you mentioned Urquidy, Mr. Late October. Man, when it comes to the World Series, uh, he's been money, in, at least in the two starts that he's made. And he certainly bounced back from that uh, miserable performance that he had. But, yeah, the the five runs or more, I mean, kind of makes you wonder, well, how will the Astros handle these close games, you know, <laughs> when it comes to be a fingernail-biting time. But you know what? A win's a win. The series is even, and now you got three in Atlanta. So the Astros definitely got themselves back in this series with the offense finally cranking it back up after they just looked so lackluster in game one. What did you think about taking Urquidy out? Because he, he was rolling. You bring in Javier. Javier is somebody that you really think you're going to need, I would assume, in that game four with Granke starting. Maybe he gets a couple innings. I assume he's going to get the start there. But uh, what did you think about that? Well, I could, it kind of felt as if, Urquidy was tiring a little bit. I think he'd had 74 pitches by that point, and I just don't think they wanted to take a chance. They, he probably could have stayed in another inning, and, or at least if he had gotten into more trouble, you know, then take him out. Uh, but, but, yeah, I wasn't too surprised really after 74 pitches. You know, that first inning kind of hurt him because he threw 24 pitches. But, man, that third inning, he sure got it back with only seven pitches. And it was big, Robert, because, you know, the Astros – had given him a four spot. It was five to one going in that third inning. The momentum could have shifted, but Urquidy did not let them back in the game. That seven run, uh, seven pitch third inning, man, that was big. Yeah, we talked about it before the game. You know, Urquidy's on. He's going to mow through guys. It's going to be quick and it's going to help you out as far as the bullpen because usually he gets deeper in games. Now they didn't let him go deep into this one, but I mean, when he's on, 
it's so pretty to watch because he's throwing strikes and it's quick innings and you're getting in and out of there. Yeah, and he does work faster. You know, this game was under four hours, Robert. I mean, I mean, a lot of that had to do with Urquidy. You know, the late innings, of course, got with all the pitching changes. But, uh, yeah, the first few innings, once the Astros put up all those runs and then Max Fried settled down, became quite a pitcher's duel. So uh, the game went faster. That's a good thing. Yeah, just over three hours, actually, which is practically yeah. a miracle uh, in the postseasons of today. But uh, I also really thought there was some good analysis by John Smoltz on the broadcast, pointing out that Max Fried likes to pitch inside, and that's a strength of the Astros' key hitters, and it worked to the Astros' advantage. He was right about that. Yeah, he was right about it. And the other thing, too, is getting to Freed early because it seems, and, and he proved it tonight in this game, that uh, the longer he goes, the stronger he gets. So the Astros were good to jump on him, you know, even with those inside pitches. Uh, and they got all the runs they needed in between Arquiti and the bullpen. Then uh, they basically had things settled in. Bottom of the first inning, Altuve doubles. Bregman gets the sack fly to score the run. Good to see both of them with good at-bats early. No other good signs for Bregman, though, and his other at-bats. But Altuve follows up with the home run in the seventh inning. And Altuve just continues to add to his legend now with 22 postseason home runs, second all-time. Wow. Yeah, second all-time. He's got uh, seven to go to catch Manny Ramirez, who's uh, got 29. So he's he's on his way. You know, he, I'm not going to count Altuve out to get that one. Yeah, he definitely looked better. Correa still needs to get it going a little bit. And, and Bregman, I mean, yeah, he had that sacrifice, but his swing looked better, I think, at least for the most part. So hopefully if he can get it going, I mean, that's what's really going to make this Astros offense shine throughout the series. Yeah, the other at-bats, though, you got nothing out of Bregman. He didn't get a hit in this game. He has 10 extra base hits since coming off the injured list on August 25th. That covers 186 plate appearances. So 10 out of 186 plate appearances. He also has two, only two extra base hits in 52 postseason plate appearances now. This might be a controversial opinion, Stephen, but... In my opinion, it is time for Aledmus Diaz to replace Bregman at third base. At least put him out there for a game, game three. That's what I would do. No way Dusty does it, but you can't give away <laughs> yeah. at bats because it's the World Series and every one of these things count. Not to mention Bregman's defense, including his throws to first base, have been super shaky. And I think Aledmus Diaz is an improvement the way Bregman's playing on both ends of the, you know, both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, Diaz, is he's certainly not a liability in the field, uh, and he can hit, you know, in, in certain spots he can hit. But, you know, you're right. I, I, Dusty's not going to do that. I mean, if they didn't take Gurriel out last year when he had all those struggles, and you certainly weren't going to take Altuve out, even with his defensive liability last season in the postseason, they're not going to take Breckman out. I mean, there's absolutely no way. I mean, is he hurting the team right now? Sure. But he's he's going to be in there. And you just you keep waiting for him to get that back going. But I kind of wonder if he needs an offseason to just kind of get things together and maybe, you know, if it, whether it's the injury or, or something in his head to get past it and come back next year. So, yeah, it, it doesn't look like Bregman's going to pick it up, but maybe that one swing will just kind of get him going in the next game. We can only hope. Yeah, you're, you're really hoping now. I, I just don't see anything turning around. I thought maybe that first at bat was going to get him going because he – 
he got it into the outfield deep and it looked like uh he he was um he was feeling a little bit uh after that but then just couldn't get anything going we go to the top of the second after that first run for the Astros and Arkiti gives up a solo home run game tied at one wasn't really concerned because you know he didn't walk a guy before that and then allow a two run homer <laughs> that's what Arkiti does he throws strikes so you're not in those situations so we go to the bottom of the second Dusty goes with Jose Siri instead of Chaz and it pays off uh, Dusty pulling the right lever there because Siri uses his speed to beat out an infield hit to score the second run. And then when Maldonado gets the big base hit, the Braves did a poor job defensively on the throw to get Siri at third. The throw from left misses the third baseman and the pitcher. Siri's speed, it kind of forces the things to happen there. The throw to third, and that's what made it all happen. And the Astros, because of that, are up 4-1. to one. He scores on the play. Yeah, the Braves defense definitely let them down in this game, Robert, and and that was a big part of it that that led to that uh, you know taking that lead, and you know Urquidy when he gave up the home run and and even the hits in the first inning, he didn't have any trouble giving you know getting ahead two strikes. It was putting the batters away once he got two strikes, and all of those hits, including the homer, came with two strikes. So, you know he he finally got it obviously later on in the game and started putting them away, but. It wasn't that he was getting behind in the count so much. He was getting ahead. He just wasn't able to put the hitters away. Late in the game, although I loved what Siri did on that particular play, late in the game, runners on second, third. I don't know what you thought about this. At at that moment, I thought with Siri at the plate, he's not a contact hitter. Bring in a contact hitter. Put up a lead Miss Diaz right there and let him hit so you can get an easy sack fly or just – somebody to put the bat on the ball to add on a run right there. And I just didn't feel like Siri was going to hit much of anything beyond, you know, these numbers. He's got these jam shots. But the problem with Siri is if you throw a curveball at him, he's swinging at it. I don't care if it's uh, 14 feet from home plate, he's swinging at it. If it's four feet over it, he's like the Rafael Ramirez of the current Astros right now. (laughs) Well, that's a good comparison. Yeah, the strikeouts, that's the big thing with Jose Siri. And and I'll bet that's why, you know, there was some speculation that, that, you know, would Brian Snitker go ahead and walk him to face Maldonado? Well, I think that's the reason he didn't. He, He knows he's a rookie, he's a strikeout risk, and it paid off. You know, certainly for them. Uh, in fact, I think he struck out twice uh, after he uh, got that hit. So, yeah, Jose Siri starting. I mean, you and I, we we talk about it. I know you're you're not a big fan of it. You'd like to see more of Chaz McCormick, and that's a big reason because Chaz McCormick makes contact a lot more than Jose Siri does at this point. Michael Brantley picks up Altuve with an RBI single after Altuve couldn't get Maldonado home from third base with. Less than two outs, but Brantley, the metronome, just he does what he does. And another two hits for him, another multi-hit game in the postseason. And uh, you, what are you going to say? I mean, just quietly, just does his job. Mr. Consistency, yeah, the metronome, whatever you want to call him, Uncle Mike, you know, throw them all in there. And he was slumping for part of the postseason, but you knew that wouldn't last long. He was going to get out of that sooner rather than later. We got to go to the bullpen again because – the Astros, when they go to the bullpen recently, it has just been fantastic. And really, if you look at the postseason numbers, Stephen, extraordinary for these guys. And, and they did it again. They shut it down uh, late in the game. 
between Javier and Presley and Graveman, it, it just you feel as confident as I've ever felt in an Astros bullpen in a postseason. I mean, ever, ever. When you look at the season, I, I mean, how many times did we rip this bullpen to shreds? And even after the trades, you know, that were made that, you know, got four relievers, one of them, of course, not on the roster, Rafael Montero, but the other three, you know, we Kendall Graveman, yeah, we were pretty high on him. Phil Maton, Jimmy Garcia, you know, we neither one of us were wanting them on our roster, on our playoff roster, but you didn't have a choice because there was nobody else any better. But, man, what can you say? These guys just keep coming through and keep coming through and even into the World Series. So an Astros bullpen that had so many question marks throughout the whole season, you know, we were really worried coming into the postseason. Well, I mean, up to now, they've done the job and they have bailed out the starters. I mean, that's the thing, Robert. They have bailed out poor performances by the starting pitching, short outings by the starting pitching. So, yeah, you can't say enough about what they've done. James Click, tip your cap to him right now. He's looking really good with those deals, the deadline deals. Yeah, he certainly is. And, you know, there's still probably going to be some tinkering with the bullpen and certainly with the pitching next year. But you want to think about the here and now because we're in the World Series. You know, they've, they've got three more games if they want to win it. So, Hopefully this bullpen can keep going. You know, it, it's going to be big because game three, you know, with Luis Garcia pitching, you just you have so much unknown there. And being on the road, then you know the Astros bullpen is, is going to be counted on pretty heavily in these next few games, as is the Braves bullpen, which may or may not be good news for the Astros uh, bats. Yeah, they worked that bullpen, which I think is going to help. And we're going to get to more thoughts on this game, maybe, and then also – uh, the game three, because uh, definitely got some thoughts there. But before we get there, according to our friends at BetUS, America's favorite sports book, the Texans are 14 and a half point underdogs against the Rams. I know you're all shocked that they're that big an <laughs> underdog on the road against a good team. They'll have to win, though, without Mark Ingram, who got traded to the Saints earlier today. And Stephen, would you bet on the Texans? If Tyrod is ready to go on Sunday, because as you and I are speaking Wednesday night, we don't know. Uh, but it's potentially there because he's practicing again. You know, I, I might go out on a limb. And again, yeah, I, I'm banking on the fact that Tyrod Taylor is going to be in the game. I might go out on a limb, Robert, and say that, yeah, maybe the Texans would actually get it under 14 points. Then again, you know, they traded Mark Ingram, their best running back. So how in the world are they going to score points without him being in the lineup? Oh, my goodness. This is interesting because, and I want to get more to bet U.S. in a bit, Stephen, but... The fact that they're trading Mark Ingram right now, what Casario could do to make up for all of these lost late round picks that he's just thrown in the trash is start trading these bench guys for other teams that maybe helping out other teams like a Mark Ingram, like some of the Texans linebackers, secondary guys, whether you know it's Desmond King or whoever. This is what you need to do with some of these guys that you've signed as veterans in the offseason, look for teams that could use them, and maybe you can get some sixth and seventh round picks back with, with these players. Yeah, that's true. And and I was being sarcastic, of course. Yeah, he was the, about the best back the Texans had. That isn't saying a whole lot. I think you're going to see more of these moves, Robert. And, you know, it kind of makes me wonder, you know, when you have guys like Zach Cunningham, for instance, um, Eric Murray, who's who's making the, both of those guys making a ton of money and not doing a lot, Kind of makes you wonder, you know, I don't know how much you can move either of those guys with the money they're making. But I think, you know, these, this isn't the last move that we're going to see 
as far as you know the, the move with Mark Ingram. And of course, I'm not counting Deshaun. You know, that's that's still there. But I'm talking about some of these other guys. Yeah, I think you're going to see more of that between now and the trade deadline for sure. Even somebody like Jacob Martin, who is not a veteran and you still got him on a cheap contract because he was a late round pick. He's going to be a free agent soon. He's not going to be in the timeline that you need him in. But there are other guys on that defense that you could consider moving. And one of the things I was thinking about, if if you're going to bet on the game on Sunday, is it might be a good idea to live bet against the Texans in the second half, especially, well, not especially, certainly if Davis Mills is at QB because, Stephen, they've been outscored 102 to 10 in the second half. That's what you got to do. Jump on that. Jump on the live bet if if the action is good right there. Absolutely. Yep. The second half has been the Texans undoing. So, yeah, if you want to bet in that regard, yep, you might be rolling in the dough and then celebrating if the Astros can win the World Series. It'd be a happy week for you, Robert. Yeah, and if you're if you're going to bet on the NFL or the World Series or college football, whatever, do it with our friends at BetUS because you might as well use a sports book with integrity and longevity. They've been doing this for three decades now, and you can take action on just about any sport. They're a pioneer in the sports book industry at this point, and a die uh, with a diehard customer fan base, easy to use mobile platform, so easy you can just go to BetUS.com or. Go to 800, call 800-792-BETUS. Again, that's 800-79-BETUS. And we can save you money when you sign up. Just use our promo code HST125 to redeem 125% sign-up bonus on that initial $100 deposit. Again, the code HST125. And to help our podcast, sign up using either the BETUS link on our pinned post at the top of our Twitter page or go to our website. And that's really the easiest way to do it is just go over there, HoustonSportsTalk.net and click on that BetUS icon. Get your online and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. Well, Robert, as we look ahead to Game 3, that means the Astros are going on the road, and they will not have the designated hitter at Truist Park. I believe that's what they call it now in Atlanta. (laughs) So... I think you can uh, lay aside the Jose Siri, Chaz McCormick controversy for these next three games because the way I see it, you're going to have Jordan in left, you're going to move Kyle Tucker to center, and Michael Brantley in right. I mean, you've got to have those three bats in the lineup. Exactly, and I laughed at Truist Park. I had no (laughs) idea what the name of the Atlanta ballpark was until the postseason because these ballparks are just named after – they're named after all of these sponsors, Stephen – that I I don't even know who they are. Like you're a sponsor of the ballpark and I still don't know what the name of the ballpark is. And I still don't know what the, it is that you are. Like, I don't know. I don't know what truest it. What is it? I a, don't either. A, it, and, and it's hard to keep up because next year they might change it again. So, you know, at least Minute Maid has been Minute Maid since what? 2002, I think it was when they changed from Enron. Right. And, and I think everybody knows what Minute Maid orange juice is. And yeah, absolutely. Unfortunately, everybody knows yeah. what Enron is now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it did. Uh, but yeah. yeah, that's that's how I'm looking at the Astros lineup, because it's, it's obviously going to have to be adjusted since there is no DH rule, at least not this year. One of the things I was thinking about, though, is we're we're going to start seeing guys like Marwin and Aledmus Diaz as pinch hitters. Uh, they haven't been much of a factor so far in the World Series. They're going to come into a play, come into play at some point, uh, so maybe they can make some sort of difference 
it's going to be interesting what Dusty decides to do here because you have Brantley and Wright, but does Brantley come out of the game pretty quickly if they start bringing in good lefties and, and you might want to bring in a right-handed pinch hitter or something like that and put out a better defense as the game goes on. So I, I don't know if it's, okay, Brantley's in there and he's starting, but how long does Brantley last? Is he out of there halfway through the game or something like that? Well, that's a good point. Uh, I mean, you sure hate to take his bat out of the lineup because he's so consistent, but that that is a possibility that you could you might have to watch for, and it would give some of those other guys. And you mentioned the pinch hitters. Yeah, you you may need them because, you know, with the pitchers coming up, you're going to have to make more of those changes. So, man, I just wish they would do one for all and all for one and, and just have it in both leagues or not have it. And, of course, I don't think it, you're not going to have it in both leagues. So the National League just needs to get rid of this thing and move into what the American League does. But in this World Series, that's not going to happen. How do you think this whole thing sets up with Game 4? Because they, they threw out some different guys that m- might be pitching for them in Game 4 to start the game. I, I'm I'm just under the assumption that Granke's going to get the start, and then you piece together. Does Odorizzi come in after that? Do they bring in Javier, or is it just we're going two innings, two innings, two innings for that that game four? I mean, I, I, we're, we, me, you and I are not going to speak until after game five, so that this is something I guess we should talk about right now. Yeah, and yeah, as we're doing this, of course, uh, Luis Garcia will do game three against Ian Anderson, and game four the Braves are going to. Have a bullpen game, basically, and I, yeah, I see Zach Greinke taking Game Four, probably only two innings or so. so you, I mean, you know, you're going to have to have somebody, whether it's Odorizzi, Javier, in that case, if that's what you're going to do. You know, Javier gave you what an inning and two thirds, so you know by then he might still be able to give you a couple. Uh, Odorizzi, of course, he pitched in Game One, so he might give you be able to give you a couple. So it's going to be interesting. Both teams are, are really going to be throwing some things around in their bullpen in games four. And, and even for the Braves, they may have to do a bullpen game in game five just because Charlie Morton would have pitched there. And, of course, he's going to be gone the rest of the season, unfortunately, for them. It's a lot easier than we thought it would be to win one and potentially two or three games in Atlanta after the Morton injury. And, you know, they're pitching, like you said, it's it's all all in on game four with whoever they got there and then you're going to have to do the same thing if you're the Braves on in game five I don't know if those guys can do you know a bunch of innings and stretch out you know if they if they get hot well I think for both teams you know they're going to be praying and you know certainly in game three for the Astros you know Luis Garcia definitely needs to give you some quality innings you know can he do back-to-back games like that I don't know this is on the road and you mentioned it you know in in, uh, game one in our post-game podcast Robert his numbers on the road, definitely not as good as his numbers at home. So that is a worrisome spot. But, you know, he did change some things in his bullpen session before that last start. I don't know if it's going to make the difference or not. You know, Atlanta's going to be a tough place to play. It may not be Yankee Stadium or Fenway Park, but it's going to be tough enough. So that's going to be a big key to see what the Ast- what shape the Astros' bullpen is by the time they get to Game 4. Any final thoughts before we move on? Again, I'm wondering how the Astros pitching is, is going to hold up the rest of the way. I mean, I'm holding my breath that this bullpen can just keep it together, man, because it, it has really surprised me. I mean, it has absolutely surprised me. But if the offense need, you know, is going to keep going, you know, Altuve needs to keep hitting. Correa needs to get his bat back in gear. And, yeah, absolutely, Alex Bregman needs to swing better. 
Because if that happens, Robert, I think even with the pitching, even if it becomes shaky, if the Astros offense can keep them in the game, they're going to win the World Series. Hopefully that is the case. And let's move on and let's stick with teams wearing orange because the Longhorns visit Waco to face Drayton McLean's Baylor Bears. We'll tie it all into the Astros. And they're a, they're a three-point underdog coming off the bye week, Stephen. What should I do on this one when I visit BetUS.com? Three-point underdog, Longhorns against the Baylor Bears. Yeah, you might want to take the you might want to take that, Robert. Uh, yeah, uh, Drayton McLean and even John McLean's Baylor Bears too, by the way. <laughs> Both McLeans. Yeah, I my confidence in the Longhorns is really shaky at this point with the choke jobs they did against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. And and I'm telling you, the offensive line is is just it, it's almost like the Texans' offensive line. It's like a patchwork thing going back and forth. Yeah, Baylor. It, it, Waco's a tough place to play, no matter how good or bad Baylor is. So I'm definitely going with Baylor in this one until the Longhorns can show me something. You know, the defense has been shaky, but the, the offense has been just setting them up to fail with, with so many three and outs that they've had in the last couple of games. You know, if, if Baylor can tire the defense out, yeah, it's going to be a long day in Waco for the Longhorns. Other big game this weekend, and we've talked about this one a little bit, but SMU and UH, they are a pick em right now. The matchup to watch SMU's offense against the Cougs' defense. The Mustangs have the sixth-ranked offense in the nation. The Cougars have the fourth-ranked defense in the nation. On the other side of the ball, SMU's defense, 82nd in the country. UH's offense, 97th. You can't, you can't be more even than these two teams, Stephen. And Pickham is exactly what this game is. I mean, I, I don't know who you should go with here. I don't know what to expect from UH offensively because it can look really good at times and then it can look super shaky at times. Well, that's what worries me, Robert. Yeah, on paper, it is a pick but I'm just not confident enough in this Cougars team, especially with the offense. You know, the way they, they just, they either get off to a shaky start in the first half and have to turn on the afterburners or, you know, in the case of the game in East Carolina, their last game, you know, they, they started out fast and they couldn't finish, almost blew it. So I'm picking SMU in this one. I, I'm I'm picking SMU by six at this point because I just, I, I know, you know, the Cougars have been winning and that's all you can do. You win with the teams that you're playing with. But I need to, I need to see them beat a team like SMU before I'm going to go say, oh, maybe this team's got something this year. I agree. I, I got to see the Cougars actually win big games again. And it's been a while since they've won big games, whether it's in conference or out of conference or whatever. So yeah, that's what you got to see. And if you're going to make a wager on that game, if you're going to take SMU, maybe you want to take your Cougs. Maybe you want to do that. You want to go to betus.com, America's favorite sports book. Our code, the one that you want to use is HST125. And it gets you that 125% signup bonus on that first $100 deposit. And if you forget, it's in the show description every single show right now so you can't miss it and to help our podcast when you sign up go to our website houstonsportstalk.net and click on the bet us icon our next post game will be sunday night after game five you guys don't like to listen on the weekend so we're going to do it on sunday night after game five so we're going to be wrapping up potentially two or three games uh, you know it's, it's definitely three games because they're going to play all three games over the weekend and we're also going to be wrapping up the texans game so you'll double your post-game pleasure 
double your post-game fun. Just an old reference from a from a commercial from way back in my childhood that none of you guys probably get. But uh, until then, go, go Strohs! You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Here come the Astros.